top prospect in the NFL draft is being linked to the Jets, and it's easy to see why. He's got a skill set the Jets desperately need. We'll talk about who it is today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, February 6th, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast, worse, please give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Well, today we're going to turn our attention to the NFL draft because there is a prospect, a first-round prospect on the offensive line who is getting a lot of buzz when it comes to the New York Jets. It's Oregon State tackle Talisa Fuaga. Now, he was one of the stars of the Senior Bowl last week in Mobile, Alabama. He played on the national team, which not so coincidentally, was coached by Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich. And I know Ulbrich's a defensive guy, but hey, if you're on the defensive side of the ball, you probably appreciate good offensive line play. I never really understood this idea that like defensive coaches don't know nothing about offense. You know about the types of offensive linemen who give you problems. And Fuaga was voted by his peers as the top offensive lineman on the national team last week. And now there's all sorts of buzz. You hear multiple reporters in the know hearing about talking about how the Jets really like him. He's apparently a Fuaga is a, a favorite of Joe Douglas and, you know, draft season, there's always misinformation out there, but we know that historically under Douglas, the Jets have not exactly had the tightest ship. So a lot of this stuff ends up being true. And yesterday, Matt Miller of ESPN put out a mock draft and he had the Jets drafting Fuaga 10th overall. So let's talk about Talisa Fuaga. And I think this is a guy at this point in time, and you know we're still relatively early in the process, still a lot of work to do. This is a guy who really intrigues me for a couple of reasons. I, I think this is a guy who could potentially be a day one starter. Now, I think what Joe Douglas is going to love, he's going to love the traits because that's what Joe Douglas is all about. I mean, if you follow the Jets over the last five years or so, you know when it comes to the draft, Joe Douglas is probably not going to pick a player unless he's big or strong or athletic or fast. And I'm not saying that as a pejorative on Joe Douglas. I think there, there have been moments where maybe that's gotten him, him into a bit of trouble. But these skills are good in football players. You know, football is a game of speed. It's a game of strength. It's a game of uh, physicality. So when you've got those factors, it's not a bad thing. And Fuaka is a guy who's, you know, he's in the 232, uh, I'm sorry, the two, 320 to 330 range. Uh, we talked about his weight. About six six tall. Now we'll find out more in the combine. You know, sometimes the school's listings embellish a player's size, but if you watch him on the football field, you know he's plenty big. So Joe Douglas is going to like that, and I think this is the type of guy who could potentially profile as a plug and play type guy. Um, you know, if you think about like what he does effectively, well, first of all, you know, we want to talk about a pass blocker, a guy with I think pretty good lateral movement skills, despite at, despite being at that size that I just mentioned, and that's a good thing. Because you know, some some sometimes bigger guys struggle. They're not athletic enough to play the tackle position. I actually think you can make a case, and maybe this is a result of his injuries. But Kai Becton's just too big to deal with outside rushers. 
and he was just not athletic enough. You know, the bigger you are, the tougher it is to move. But I think Fuaga's got decent movement skills as a pass protector. I think he's relatively patient. You know, he doesn't strike too early with his hand. Uh, you know, and that, that's it's always a battle when it's like the offensive lineman versus the defensive lineman. Defensive linemen are trying to get the offensive lineman to strike a little too early so they can kind of get them leaning. Uh, and, you know, put the put the arm out a little early and get themselves exposed. I think Fuaga does a pretty good job with that. Well, why do I say that? Well, you know, part of it's I've watched some of the film on him, but I'll give you another. I'll give, let me give you the stat of the day from Pro Football Focus. Fuaga allowed zero sacks last year in pass protection, so that's pretty good. He's got strong hands, but I think the thing that might make him an even better fit for the Jets, and you know, maybe maybe pass protection is the most important thing because Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and Aaron Rodgers is forty, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be coming back from an injury that's probably going to limit his mobility. Uh, maybe that's the most important thing, but. Fuaga, a really impressive guy in the run game. And you know, for a guy his size, you're expecting power. And in the NFL, there are two type, two predominant two predominant types of run plays. There are what's known as man blocking and zone blocking. And these things are more or less what they sound like. If you're in a man blocking play, then you're you have a specific guy who's assigned to you. And usually that's determined based on where people line up. It's like you get the first guy inside you or something like that, and that's your guy. Then zone blocking plays you essentially are blocking an area and it's whatever guy comes to you. So your, your assignment may not be known priest. Not, I mean, it, it more or less is known, but if a guy like makes a move, maybe, maybe you'll switch on him, but you're blo you're blocking a certain area of the field, whoever comes into a certain area, but there's more to it than that. On man blocking plays, typically you're just moving straight ahead. You're looking to push people around. And when Fuaga watches onto a guy, I mean, it's over, you know, he, he can move people and that's uh, run blocking is a trait. The jets sorely need. Jets certainly need someone with some power on the offensive line because their run blocking was very bad last year. You go back and look through Brees Hall's stats around midseason, some of the games that he had. Are you telling me Brees Hall's a bad back? Are you telling me the Jets weren't run blocking well? I think it's I think the Jets weren't run blocking well at all. And you know, even the guys who were supposed to be with, like Becton, you know, Becton was supposed to be a big power guy, really wasn't that effective as a run blocker last year. Fuaga, he really profiles as a guy who's effective, but. While most man blocking plays are just straight ahead, zone blocking plays allow uh, require a little bit more athleticism, require you to move a little bit because typically the entire line's moving laterally at the snap. You know, they're either moving left or right, and the entire line's moving and requires some intricate footwork, which we don't really need to go into on today's show because it's not necessarily significant for what we're going to talk about. Part of the reason zone blocking plays where everybody moves is you're trying to get the other team's guys to overrun. You're trying to get them to run run themselves out of a play, right? Run, run too far or too run too far left or too far right, which will open up a cutback lane for a running back. So you need guys, you need linemen who are athletic in zone schemes. You'll frequently hear you know a zone scheme. This team runs a zone scheme, so you want more athletic linemen. Every team runs a mix of uh, zone plays and man plays. You know, th it wasn't that way 30 years ago. 30 years ago, there were some teams that were exclusively zone. Not so much anymore. You know, every team now kind of has a full playbook of zone plays and man plays. But I think the Jets want to work the zone game a little bit more. I think that that's something that's probably suited a little bit better to Brees Hall's game going forward. And despite being, you know, a pretty big guy, Fuaka moves well in the zone game. You know, he was a very effective guy in the in, in the zone block in the zone blocking scheme when Oregon ran it. So he can, first of all, you know, he can get outside. But second of all, he can get to the second level. You know, he's pretty effort he pretty effortlessly moves and gets the linebackers. And that's a critical thing in the zone blocking scheme because again, movement's all it's all about movement. No, it's not all about movement. It's a lot about movement, but then it's also about finishing off. And again, Fuaga has those strong hands. He he can just 
once he latches onto you, you know, it's over for you. Now, you don't necessarily need to be all that strong to succeed in the zone blocking scheme because, again, a lot of it's like running left or right. So essentially, you know, you, you're trying to get a, sometimes the defender runs himself out of the play and you're just trying to hit the right angle. You're just trying to hit an angle that opens up a crease for, for your back. You don't necessarily need to move people. But the ability to move people is very helpful. It's a useful attribute. And Fuaga has that. And again, I like his hands. I think that he does a good job when he latches on. He can push people out of the way. And look, you'd prefer to have a guy who moves people in the zone blocking scheme. The athleticism is paramount. Again, a guy who like understands angles, a guy who understands, you know, how to open a crease, you know, just where to position his body so that he's obstructing a defender. That's good. The guy who moves people is even better. And I again, I look at Fuaga. I don't know that I say this about every tackle in this class, but I think there's a pretty good shot. Fuaga could be a plug and play guy for the Jets. So does that make does does it make enough sense for you now? Well, if not, as we continue on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast, I'll give you a couple more reasons why I think he's a very logical fit for the New York Jets, potentially at 10 and potentially maybe a little bit later. And I'll tell you what I mean continuing this Tuesday edition of Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. How are you celebrating the Super Bowl this year? Are you just sitting on the couch, getting some snacks, maybe placing an order? Are you going to a party? I'm actually going to be spending my first Super Bowl abroad. I'm heading up to Canada this weekend. Not specifically for the Super Bowl, just the trip that I booked. No matter how you're spending it, you should try check out FanDuel because FanDuel has so many different ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. A big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. And you should also know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And today on Locked On Jets, we're talking about a player who's getting a lot of buzz when it comes to the New York Jets, a draft prospect, a guy projected to go in the first round, Talisa Fuaga, tackle out of Oregon State. Now, I think Jets are probably picking a little bit too low to get Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, who at this point seems to be the consensus top tackle. So Finashu out of Penn State's another guy who's, who's in the mix. Fuaga could be the guy for the Jets at, at 10, or maybe a little bit later. Now, now, why does this player make sense for the New York Jets? Well, in case you didn't notice, New York Jets need a tackle. New York Jets need two tackles this offseason because both of their starting tackles are free agents. And that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world when you think about who they are. One is Dwayne Brown, whose career is frankly over. And there's no scenario where I can see a team bringing in Dwayne Brown to be a starter next year. Maybe, you know, maybe he's like an emergency signing if somebody suffers an injury in camp like the Jets did a couple of years ago with Mekhi Becton. But even then, I think it would be a very ill-advised idea based on the season Dwayne Brown just had, where you know, he was awful when he played and didn't really play that much because he was injured. And you know, at 39, not really much of an option. Speaking of not much of an option, that guy Brown was signed to replace back in 2022, Mekhi Becton. Not exactly a stellar 2023 season. I mean, what can you even say about Mekhi Becton right now? He's barely played. He missed two full seasons. 
years two and years three were, were completely missed seasons. Year four was bad, you know, a sack machine, a penalty machine. He can't be brought back. So the Jets need two tackles, which makes it very, very likely that they're going to draft a tackle in the first round. So, you know, when I talk about Fuaga being a potential plug and play guy, that makes, that makes a lot of sense there, doesn't it? Cutting edge analysis here on Locked On Jets. Another reason I think Fuaga makes potential sense for the Jets is Elijah Vera Tucker. And we've talked about this a lot. And I know there are some of you who think AVT, you'd rather see him a tackle. I'd rather see him a guard. Now, it may be a situation where the Jets have a tough time finding tackles this offseason. Look, tackles are not easy to get in the NFL. We are in a, we are in a situation right now in the NFL where there's an offensive line crisis. There just aren't enough good, good linemen to go around. And that means any good tackle out there is probably not going to hit free agency. If he hits free agency, there's probably something wrong with him. So you look at this, it's easier to get a guard than it is a tackle. So you look at AVT, a guy with potential position flexibility. You say, you know what? I can get a guard. Well, that means AVT plays tackle. But as we know, Robert Sala has told us that they Jets think that moving him around has led to some of the injuries. If you believe that, it's worth noting where the injuries have happened. That's at the tackle position. Now, this is the Jets speaking. I can't tell you whether or not that's accurate. But if the Jets are telling us that you know moving him around has gotten him hurt, well, where has he been injured? It's been a tackle. So wouldn't it make more sense for him to play guard? I think he's probably a better fit at guard anyway. And Fuaga, if you draft him, it makes it easier to move AVT to guard. Now, I think Fuaga is probably a right tackle. I don't know that you want him protecting the, the blind side on the left side. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers wants a rookie protecting his blind side. Uh, we, we, we won't get who Aaron Rodgers wants because I just want a guy from Green Bay and it's going to upset me. So we, we won't go there on this show. But I think that it's unlikely the Jets would put AVT at left tackle. So if you get a right, if you get a right tackle, AVT is moving to guard. Now there is a school of thought for guard in the NFL. I think he can play tackle. I think if you have Fuaga and AVT, AVT is moving to guard. And I think it's the best thing for the Jets if AVT could play guard because, you know, they, they've kind of had to move them around the last couple of years. They've had, it's been like urgency move, but they've liked him at guard. And you can get carried away with this because he hasn't played many games at guard. It's a small sample size. But I think he's looked really good at guard. I think he's I think he's a budding really good player at guard if the Jets could just keep him on the field and not have to move him to tackle every year. So AVT at guard, that's a logical spot. There's a third reason, though, where I think Fuaga could be a logical player for the Jets. It's not a guarantee that they'll need to use the 10th pick to get him. The Jets conceivably could trade down in the first round. I'm not saying they could trade down like into the mid-20s, but they could trade down a couple slots and potentially still get Fulaga. And this is important because the Jets are without a second round pick uh, this year. And after all of last year's machinations, they were without a third round pick. And I know that these, this doesn't sound like a big deal. And I know it's difficult to visualize, but it's a big problem in the NFL. If you're consistently short on day two picks, day two is where the meat of the draft is. Typically those that's where you can still get a really good player. And their salary is dirt cheap. They're, you're not paying anything for those guys. Even in the first round, if you get a guy who's a star, a first round pick gives you a good value. But they're still usually making a couple million dollars a year, you know, especially if you're picking 10th overall. You're still, it's a good, it's a discount over what you pay on the second contract. It's a discount over what you pay in free agency, but it's not as much of a discount as the second, third round. Second, third round guys, they're making practically nothing. 
So it's important to hit on those picks. You know, people say Jets would trade away their second round, the third round picks. They never hit on them. Why do you think the Jets are bad? Because they never hit on those second and third round picks. The, the, the answer is not giving them away. The answer is hitting on them. And it's difficult when you go back to back years without two day, two picks. You know, last year they made a couple of deals. You know, the end result was they still picked in round two. They got Joe Tipman, but they did not pick in round three. And it's like missing like one third round pick. That's not necessarily a big deal. But when you start adding them up, when you start doing it back to back years, that's when you start, that's when you have issues. And then maybe three years down the line, you're like, wow, we're kind of short on good players. What happened? Well, usually it's because you gave away too many draft picks. So the Jets, again, down a second round pick this year. They got to look to trade down, I think. I think that has to be a consideration this year for this team. And if you can move down and maybe pick up a second round pick, you know, maybe it's a third round. I think it actually could be a second round pick looking at the chart. You look, you look if they just move down a couple slots, Blaga still may be there for them. Now that would be like the, the grand slam scenario, right? If you can get a plug and play guy to play tackle and you can recoup a second round pick, you know, maybe a third round pick, but hopefully a second round pick, then you've really done something. Then you've, you've really deftly maneuvered the NFL draft. So that's another reason I, I think he could be a good fit. You know, Joe Alt is going to require you to move up. Fuaga, you know, you might be able to move down to get him. Now, of course, you know, Alt may be really good. Fuaga may not be. But if you're playing the game, the NFL draft, one thing is clear. Look through the data through the years. You're better off trading down than trading up in most cases. There are always instances where a well-timed trade-up can work wonders for your team. I understand someone's going to talk about the Chiefs trading up for Mr. Mahomes in 17. Yes, understood. I'm not saying it never works trading up. But I'm saying, by and large, trading down works better. And it, go, it plays into what I was saying about why you need the extra day two picks. The draft is a very inexact science. I mean, you're trying to project players 10 years down the line. Not easy to do. You don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, there are things you don't know, like is a player going to suffer serious injuries? As many chances as you have to hit on picks. Every extra chance helps your team. So if the Jets can trade down and get Fuaga, that would be, at this point in time, on today on February 6th, might reserve the right to change my mind between now and the NFL draft a little bit, you know, a few months down the line. But that would be as close to a dream scenario as I could come up with right now. But like any prospect, nothing, Fuaga is not perfect. And as we continue here on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Jets, I'll give you a couple of reasons why, you know, it may not be the right move for the team. I'm not totally convinced by these, but they still exist. There's no perfect prospect. We'll go through some of Fuaga's flaws, some of the flaws in potentially drafting him, continuing this Tuesday edition of Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED he headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about a prospect who's getting a lot of buzz when we talk about the New York Jets, Talisa Fuaga of Oregon State, a guy who I think is a really solid prospect, a guy who 
very well could be there for the Jets at 10, or even if they potentially trade down. I've spent the first two segments talking about why this would be a logical move for the Jets. But to be fair, there's no such thing as a perfect prospect. There's no such thing as a can't-miss prospect. What are some of the potential issues with Fuaga? I think he could play year one, but he's not a finished product. And I think what I'm about to say about him is true of any number of prospects. You know, college systems are simpler. You're not going up against the most complicated opponents. Uh, Fuaga, I think, sometimes struggles to make reads. You know, when he's identifying blitzers, he sometimes struggles to figure out the, you know, which guy he needs to get against some of the more exotic looks. And that's, you know, that's nothing new. And I don't think it's like overly, I don't think it's an enormous problem. I don't think it it's any more of an issue for him than it is for any number of players. But there's a learning curve when you enter the NFL. Uh, defensive schemes are more complex in the NFL. You have ru- rushers come from different angles. You need to be able to, to pick them out. It's something, again, every rookie needs to deal with. The guys who make it figure it out, but it's something he needs to figure out. So I think I think that that's number one. Number two is, you know, like, again, like a lot of players, I think for the most part, he's very good in pass protection. Again, zero sacks from PFF. So that tells you a lot about his quality. But I do think he has a little bit of a tendency to overset sometimes. Sometimes he leaves himself exposed to the inside and, you know, an inside move can get him. And what I'll say about this is, yes, zero sacks in college, but going up against more pass rushers who will be able to exploit that in year one, you know, it might be a little bit tougher on him. There are going to be some sacks. That's just the way it is. You know, it's one of the reasons college stats can tell you something, but they can't tell you everything. You know, back, you know, three years ago with Zach Wilson, you know, he had low interception total, but you could tell by some of the passes he threw that into danger zones that there would be an adjustment period. Now, I'm not saying Fuaga is going to be Zach Wilson. I'm saying, you know, because I'm saying he's going to be the Zach Wilson of tackles. But what I'm saying is that, you know, sometimes numbers don't tell the whole story. And Fuaga at the tackle position, even though he gave up zero sacks, there's some moments where he leaves himself exposed. Now, good coaching can work around that. And you hope that. And sometimes you can clean it up really easily. Sometimes a player has a mechanical issue. Sometimes a player just has a technique issue. And they can clean it up in training camp of his rookie season. It all depends on how quickly you learn. Again, I think I'd be saying this about, I'll be saying this about a lot of tackle prospects. So this is not necessarily something that's uh, only limited to Fuaga. It's just something that we'll have to work on if the Jets draft him. And every prospect has flaws and many prospects at the tackle position have these flaws. The third issue that I see potentially with Fuaga is I do think he's probably going to be limited to the right tackle position. You know, I don't know that he necessarily is enough, quite enough athleticism, quite enough lateral movement skills to play the left tackle position. You need a little bit less at right tackle. And the reason for that is, you know, your quarterback can at least see the guy you're blocking. So your quarterback can like step up if he needs to Um, against the left tackle. That's a little bit tougher for, I'm sorry, on the left tackle side, that's a little bit tougher for the quarterback because he can't see the guy who's being blocked. So you don't need as good of a pass protector on the on the right side as you do the left side, uh, even though I think right tackle is becoming a really important position in the NFL. So this goes back to what I was just talking about in the last segment with AVT. It's easier to find um, tackle. Uh, it's easier to find guards than it is tackles. It's easier to find right tackles than it is to find left tackles. So Jets are going to need to find a left tackle this offseason. And that's going to be a hard thing to do. And again, there's a guy in Green Bay, I'm sure Rodgers wants them to go get, which would be, I think, a very ill-advised move for this team. But there are other prospects available in this draft. There might be other prospects available to the Jets at 10 or if they trade down 
who could potentially man the left tackle position. Now, I'm not sure there's plug, plug and play as Fuaga, so I think there'd be more work that would have to go into training them before the start of the season. I think there'd be more work that would have to go in at camp. I think you need to you know, really thread the needle with some of these guys. So I don't know that it's necessarily a compelling reason, but I do think it's out there. And I do think that maybe there's a little bit of concern with that because in the ideal world, you could get a left tackle in the first round. Now, again, I think in today's NFL, it's perfectly valid to take a right tackle in the first round because, first of all, teams have figured out that, like, most of the time, the better pass blocking tackles at the left tackle position. So defenses have started putting their best pass rushers against the right tackles because they know it's an easier matchup, which means offenses are starting to re respond now and put put better players at right tackle to view it, view it as a premium position. But it also goes back to what I was talking about earlier about how there's kind of an offensive line crisis in the NFL, and scarcity means that a position becomes more important. And you have to, if you, there's a guy, you can use a premium pick on a position where there's scarcity. And offensive line is clearly one of those spots. It's difficult to... to find good offensive linemen in free agency these days, which means I think that you can justify very easily taking a right tackle in the first round, even taking a right tackle 10th overall. I don't see, see that being a big problem. But again, I think do think that there's still, you know, even though it may not be as pronounced as it was 15, 20 years ago, I do think there's still a little bit of an edge to a left tackle. I still think there's a little bit more value there. So just something to consider as we move towards draft season. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you like the show and you're listening on the podcast, first, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching it on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a great Tuesday, everybody. Tomorrow, we're having our weekly mailbag show. Each Wednesday, we do a mailbag with listener questions, so be sure to send in your questions. Talk to you then.